Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. It is episode 21. We are in November. Don't forget to fall backwards tomorrow. Um, and you get, you get an hour, extra hour of sleep tomorrow. Um, I know a lot of people probably aren't going to like the early uh, sunsets. Um, yeah, that kind of stinks. I'm actually excited about the fact that when I get up in the morning to go to school, the sun will already be out. Um, it's, <laughs> it's been like pitch black getting to school the last couple of weeks. And then we've had some foggy days here. So it's like been something out of Stephen King novel. But got a, a not not too long of a show today. We're going to talk a lot about sports. We're going to uh, give an update on the tech coaching shirt, uh, tech coaching search, excuse me. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, conference realignment. There was some news this week, uh, specifically some of the lower level conferences. Uh, tech basketball, we're going to talk a little bit about them because their season is starting Tuesday. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on the latest episode of Prodigy and the new Star Trek documentary that uh, premiered last night, Center Seat. And then not a whole lot of wrestling talk because there's not been a lot of movement. And then I will end with my uh, Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's start with the tech coaching search news, the latest. Um, when I recorded last week, it looked like um, Jeff Trailer was the favorite to get the job. Um, that all of a sudden changed on Sunday. Um, Jeff Trailer signed a, I think it was a seven-year extension with UTSA um, for a lot of money. So he is he is off the board. I've seen some people comment, "Oh, well, that doesn't necessarily mean he's off the board." No, he's he's off the board uh, for the tech job. That I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean he's never going to leave UTSA. I mean, I, I I'm pretty confident that if a job like UT or A and M came along, uh, that through they could throw a lot more money at him than UTSA can or even Tech can because of their uh, stolen oil money from West Texas that both those universities get through the Puff Fund, um, he probably would bolt there. But I think for the foreseeable future, um, he is going to stay at UTSA. Um, and and looks like they're going to pour a lot of resources into UTSA, which which makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, they are one of the programs that's going to be transitioning into the AAC uh, within the next few years, and that's going to be a step up in competition. And uh, certainly, I think football, their the facility facilities wise, they're in decent shape. But their other sports is what they really are going to need to have to upgrade. Um, but um, you know, he's off the board. Bottom line for Tech. Um, then there was another big breaking news story Sunday night that does affect Tech, and that is TCU basically fired Gary Patterson. Um, kind of interesting the way it went down. Um, I'd heard, you know, rumblings that many of the TCU fans were unhappy with uh, Gary Patterson's performance as far as the football team the last few seasons. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch what happens with TCU. You know, Patterson had really built that uh, program up. You know, I, I remember TCU football before Patterson. You know, they had they had Francione, and Francione got the ball rolling for TCU to be good again in football. But you know, before that, I mean, they were usually a cellar dweller, um, first in the Southwest Conference, and then when they came over to the WAC, they were a cellar dweller, and you know. 
Patterson, I, there, there are things I don't care about with him. I think, you know, he told a bunch of lies about tech fans for one thing, and he, t- he just, he seemed to just gripe and complain too much. But, you know, he built, he built that TCU program and, you know, really quite frankly, based on the fan support or lack thereof fan support at TCU, they probably didn't deserve him anymore, um, you know, based on that. And, and um, so, but what the, it affects tech because um, most experts uh, believe that tech and TCU are going to be, they're recruiting from the same pool of players and they're potentially recruiting from the same pool of um, potential head coaching candidates. And the big name that's being mentioned for the TCU job is Sonny Dykes, who certainly um, is in the mix for the Texas Tech job, has history at Tech um, and everything. That sounds like that's who their number one target is. And based on uh, the actions of Sonny Dykes the last couple weeks, I think it's highly probable he is leaving SMU. Um, from from my understanding, SMU has has put a huge uh, contract extension offer on the table for Sonny to sign, uh, in addition to a promise to upgrade football facilities, specifically build a multi million dollar practice facility for football. And Sonny is yet to sign that, um, and so I, I think it' pretty strong indication he's he's leaving. Uh, now it's a matter of where he's going, and most experts are saying he's probably going to go to TCU. I'm disappointed if that does happen because I really don't want to have to play him uh, every season. Um, I'm also disappointed for SMU. That's to me. That's it's very much similar to what we what we as Tech fans experienced back in April with the uh, Country Club Judas Beard leaving for a rival, um, you know, UT. But um, so I think I'm I'm sad for SMU. Um, but you know, I think that's probably where TCU's heading. I'm still kind of holding out hope that. Somehow, maybe Sonny stays at SMU, or maybe he's going somewhere else. I think there's going to be other jobs that are going to be um, being offered to Sonny uh, before it's all said and done if he doesn't accept, um, which is kind of a tricky situation for him right now. You know, he is a sitting head coach. We're barely into November, and, you know, he's got some offers on the table, and I think it is affecting the play of SMU. I mean, they're getting uh, blown out today um, by Memphis, you know. So, um, but I think he probably, if I if I had to bet, it looks like he probably will take the TCU job. Um, if not Sunny, and then I think it gets interesting for TCU. Um, let's get back a little bit to Tech. Um, so Tech is is finishing up week two of this football coaching search and. A lot of people believe that they are are near done and they are ready to make a hire and we may be getting an announcement maybe Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, everything is now kind of trending towards uh, Joey McGuire. A lot of the fan base is wanting him. Uh, Joey McGuire, he's an assistant at Baylor, um, longtime high school football coach at Cedar Hill, um, well-known, strong Texas recruiter. Um, so it, it seems to be trending Joey McGuire. 
Um, and if it's not Joey McGuire, um, then it kind of is going to get, I think, even more wild who it could potentially be. Um, I'll, I'll get back to Joey McGuire and kind of my thoughts on him in a minute. But I do want to address something. And again, it irritates the heck out of me. Um, and it, it comes up because we're in a coaching search. And a lot of, lot of local radio personalities taking shots at Mike Leach this week and at what he did at Texas Tech when he was here. Because there are rumors, again, that Leach has been contacted, um, potentially could have even interviewed. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, and there's, there's a big chunk of the fan base that would love for Leach to come back. Um, you know, I here's my thoughts on that part of it. If he comes back, I'm going to be excited. I also am a re- realist that I don't, even if he does come back, I don't know if it's going to be as good as when he was first here. However, I'm willing to take that shot with him again because we've been awful for 12 years since we since Crooked Kent Hance and and Dopey Gerald Marriers ran him off. So I would willing to take that chance, but I'm also realistically looking at historically when a coach comes back and there is an exception, there's a couple exceptions. Bill Snyder is a big exception, but um historically when a coach comes back to a program it is not as good as it was the first time. Having said that, I mean, if Leach wants to come back and the money works, you know, I he comes back and even if he fails, we finally hopefully heal this chasm of, you know, uh, that's with the fan base and also the belief of, you know, what we, we railroaded Leach. And, you know, I think there needs to be some sort of reconciliation with leach it's it's ridiculous to me that the texas tech football program texas media and lubbock basically pretends that those 10 years don't exist because of what happened to leach because they want to stay on the good side of crooked kent hance and for some reason dopey gerald myers who you know was an awful athletic director by the way but that's a whole other story um you know, so I would like to see a reconciliation take place. I don't see it happening. I think there's just too, still too much uh, bad blood in the air. And I, and Leach has got a good thing going at Mississippi State. Um, I don't, I don't, I realistically don't see it happening. Uh, Leach coming back now. Does if it happens, am I excited? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I just realistically don't see it happening. But I, I do want to say a couple things to these people that take shots at Leach and want to take shots at what he did here for 10 years. Um, and I'm going to address the the common stuff I hear about Leach. Uh, first thing I always hear is, well, he was always looking to leave. 99% of the coaches in athletics are always looking to leave. Here's how you keep a coach. You pay them fairly, you pay their assistants fairly, and you treat them well. And for a lot of the time he was here, Leach was not treated well. You know, for some reason, and I guess because he's a basketball guy, Dopey Gerald Myers uh, had an issue with Leach, and then certainly Crooked Kid Hans did because I think, you know, his big fat ego was being overshadowed by the football success um, under Leach. So, you know, if a coach is looking to leave, 
that's just part of the game. And here's the good thing. When you have a coach that's getting contacted and offers from other football programs, that means your football program is relevant. We haven't had to worry about that in the last 12 years because tech football has been a joke. It's been a laughing stock. It's been passed by Baylor. It's been passed by UTSA. It's being passed by UTEP this year. UTEP is going to go bowling over Texas Tech this year. So if 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 coach if it, if we have a football coach that other football teams want, that means we're actually relevant again, which we haven't been in twelve years. The other big shot that they always take at 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 Leach is well, his record really wasn't good here. He had, uh, you know, he he had an extra conference game. You know, he was still, you know, just average. He didn't bring his championships. Well, there hadn't been a lot of Tech football coaches that have brought Texas Tech championships. They haven't won one since the 70s. They haven't won an outright one, I think, since the 50s. So that argument falls flat on the face. Um, he won. He he won consistently. Um, would it have been awesome to beat Texas more? Yeah. But again, Texas Tech doesn't beat Texas a lot. He won. He beat Oklahoma rather consistently. He certainly didn't get blown out by Oklahoma year after year after year. Yeah, there was a couple times he got blown out, 2008 being one. But he beat Oklahoma multiple times too. Um, he beat Iowa State. He beat Kansas State. He beat Oklahoma State. Tech doesn't beat doesn't win those games anymore. We struggle to beat Kansas. That's usually our one win. And oh yeah, we can beat West Virginia. We can bubble up and win, and beat them. But everybody else, <laughs> we just we lay an egg on the field consistently in football with those teams. So I I just don't I I guess they want to stay on the good side of Dopey Gerald Myers and Crooked Ken Hance, but I don't get the taking shots at Leach. We had a great run for 10 years here with him. And I think it's I think it's sad that there are people that don't want to acknowledge that, that want to forget that that happened. It's not going to be forgotten until Tech actually starts winning again. And even then, I think, I think until there's some sort of reconciliation um, where he needs to be honored, he's the winningest football coach in Tech history, you're still going to have this elephant in the room uh with with leech okay and by the way i've also addressed it on my on a past podcast this whole lie of well he cussed out his boss no he didn't and if you go read double t double cross this whole plan to get rid of leech was over a year in the making because they didn't want to pay him and crooked kid hance cooked up this plan with craig james uh, another you know beacon of morality that destroyed one football program in Dallas and basically destroyed a, the football program here in Lubbock and then had the nerve to attempt to run for the United States Senate um, as well. So, I mean, these aren't – he was backstabbed by by tech administrators, by crooked Ken Hance, you know, dopey Gerald Myers. He barely could legibly write, you know, the termination contract – because uh, he really wasn't good for much, you know, as an athletic director. Um, but I'm, you know, and, and yeah, I'm I'm taking some shots at at, at Mr. Myers today because I don't get I I don't get the reverence towards him either. And 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stop now because I've got uh, you probably don't want to hear about any more about that. But uh, the fact is, I don't get the taking shots at Leach. Um, and again, I don't see him coming back. But Tech could do worse, and we've done worse for 12 years. Um, so let's get back to let's get back to Joey McGuire, um, who looks to be probably the favorite to get the job. Um, here here are the here's the good with Joey McGuire. Um, I think he is going to be certainly an upgrade um, for recruiting for Tech. Tech has done a very poor job of recruiting overall and certainly recruiting Texas. And Joey McGuire, I think, is going to fix some of that problem. Um, he's well-respected by your high school coaches in Texas. Um, he has you know, skins on the wall in Texas as far as recruiting, but also as far as winning in Texas high school football. Um, and certainly the success that Baylor has enjoyed under Matt Rule and Dave Aranda, a lot of that you can credit, I think, Joey McGuire with. Um, my number one concern with McGuire is he's he's never been a coordinator and he's never been a head coach. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of people, a lot of tech fans on Twitter. Oh, no brainer. He's going to just, he's going to write the ship. I'm not sold. He's going to write the ship. Um, this could, this could be another flame out disaster like Wells and Cliff very easily. Um, but if they end up hiring him, yeah, let's, let's give him a chance and see what happens. I think the key with McGuire is going to be who are who are his coordinators going to be. And the good news that's coming out of that is Tech is committing to paying better salaries for their coordinators. And the coordinators are going to be making seven figures um, at Texas Tech next year. And so I think you're going to get the opportunity to bring in hopefully two solid coordinators and hopefully build a higher quality staff that can recruit, but also can write the ship on the field. Um, we've, this goes all the way back, you know, even the, uh, the lat, uh, well, it goes all the way back to Tuberville. Our defense has been putrid and that's another shot. They always take at Leach. Well, he, he always had a bad defense. Well, the defense was never 85 Bears uh, quality, but they were still – you had some solid performers, and they were able to make stops when they needed to. Um, does anybody have faith in the Texas Tech defense to make a stop? And when you get to third and 34, I don't even have faith when they get to third and 34 because they, they can't even stop, stop the offense then because there will be some stupid penalty that they'll commit. So <laughs> – uh, that's another shot at Leach that is unwarranted, by the way, I think. But, you know, I think the key, again, I think the key with McGuire is going to be who is going to be the coordinators. Um, do you retain Sonny Cumbie? Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on that right now. Um, please don't retain uh, Patterson, which I don't think they will. Um, go out and get a quality, quality defensive coordinator. Um, and then go out and hire a quality, quality staff. Um, so we'll just have to kind of wait and see how it shakes out. Um, hope, hopefully we have a decision soon. I think if it's not McGuire, then it starts to get wild and crazy. I mean, you know, supposedly Hugh Freeze has even contacted Tech. Um, you know, 
who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. But supposedly, um, maybe Monday we we may have some resolution with with the with the football search. So um, we'll talk a little bit about conference realignment on the lower level end of things. Um, conference USA announced some additions to the conference, which certainly was needed when uh, nine members are bolting and they still not uh, still may not be done with people bolting but um friday um new mexico state jacksonville state sam houston state um and liberty of all um announced that they are coming to conference usa it's it is what it is it's going to be a funky uh conference um you know it's you're in a holding pattern because again, realignment is not finished. Um, I certainly don't think the SEC is done. I think within five years the Pac-12 will fall apart, and so you're going to have some more realignment happening um, within five years. Um, it keeps Conference USA alive, which is important uh, if you're a program like UTEP. You know, I I listen. I, I like to listen sometimes to the uh, sports talk in El Paso. And a lot, there were callers this week saying, well, why don't they just go independent, go back to the whack? You know, independence is not a good option in football when you're not a national brand. It works for Notre Dame because they, they had the, they had the shrewdness back in the nineties to negotiate with NBC to show their games on national television. And they're making millions being an independent uh, you don't have that luxury if you're a New Mexico State or a UTEP, okay? I mean, we're, we're lucky to even have them on ESPN+, Plus, um, which you wouldn't have had it 10 years ago because the streaming wasn't there 10 years ago like it is now. Um, so it's, it's a Band-Aid. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to have New Mexico State and UTEP be in the same conference. Uh, has not been the case since in 60 years. Um, so that'll be interesting, but I think ultimately, you know, UTEP's goal needs to be the the Mountain West, and I think now, hopefully, maybe you can promote. Hey, package deal: UTEP, New Mexico State to the Mountain West. I think UNM may have an issue with that, but you know, I think realignment is still going to be occurring, and you know, you're going to still have another round of realignment probably sooner than we think, even within the five years. But, um, you know, it's a Band-Aid on the wound, and we'll, we'll kind of just see what happens. Um, you know, Sam Houston State's an interesting addition as well. And then Liberty has certainly built a pretty quality uh, program in football, um, although, you know, at some point I think Hugh Freeze will be given another chance um, in, in a Power 5 job, uh, whether it be the SEC or somewhere else. So... Let's talk a little bit of tech basketball. They are going to start their season, and as a tech uh, having to suffer through these last two months of tech football, it, it cannot come soon enough for basketball to begin. They are going to start Tuesday. They're going to start with the North Florida Allspreys. Allspreys. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Um, I've got family members that went to North Florida that they can correct me, um, but it's. I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm going to get a chance to see them next week um, when they play Grambling, um, and I'm excited about that. Hopefully that's not the only time I get to see them, but I think it's going to be a pretty solid season. They've got some early season tests against Tennessee 
and then certainly against Gonzaga uh, coming up. And so I think it'll be, um, like I said, I think they're going to have a strong season, and I think they're going to surprise um, some people. Um, I think you know Mark Adams is being underrated on the national scale, not so much in the Big 12. I mean, they, they were picked to finish fourth, and I think that's probably – I would probably agree that's uh, probably a good place to pick them for now. I think they can finish higher than that. Um, but, you know, on the national scales, you know, certainly uh, Mark Adams is not getting any love, um, but that's okay. Um, I'd, I'd rather be the underdog and fly under the radar than to have the the huge expectations that uh, are, are taking place in the uh, People's Republic of Austin. Uh, where they have no police now as well, by the way. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think it'll. I think they're going to have a solid season. And I'm excited for it to start. I'm looking forward to Tuesday tuning in, seeing them play North Florida, and then getting to see them live in action against Grambling uh, coming up. So let's talk a little bit of the Prodigy from this week. Um, I Another solid episode. Uh, we got to see a lot more of the Janeway hologram this week and and a little bit more of the ship. And I, I think all in all, a pretty solid episode. Got to see a little bit more of the characters expanding. And, you know, I, I think it's, it is it is a kid's show for sure. But I think if you are a Star Trek fan, especially if you're a Voyager fan, I think you uh, will really enjoy Prodigy. And I look forward to seeing what else is happening. We still have got... Uh, Chakotay uh, coming on the show at some point, we know, as a captain of a ship. So are we going to see Voyager or is it going to be a different ship? We'll we'll have to see. But I thought a solid outing. Um, certainly it was a good st- it was a good solid Star Trek themed episode with with everything that they did. Um, and then yesterday was the premiere of the center seat documentary that the History Channel is doing for the 55th anniversary of Star Trek. Um, and the first episode, pretty good. Um, it was very much centered on Lucille Ball um, and and her role in not only uh, getting Star Trek off the ground, but also saving it a couple of times. There wasn't a lot of new territory in this first episode if you're a longtime Star Trek fan. Um, but... You know, it was it was. I thought it was put together pretty well um, overall. Uh, next episode should be a little bit interesting. It's going to delve into the animated series from the seventies. But you know, honestly, I'm looking forward to when we get into the nineties era Star Trek, especially Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Next Generation movies, Enterprise. I think that has a lot of those um, actors haven't really been interviewed over the years about their experience with Star Trek and I think that'll be interesting the only downside with this documentary and I I didn't find this out till this week is the first four episodes are going to air on the History Channel and then the other six episodes are going to be on their streaming service the History Vault so um, my plan is to wait till all six of those episodes are available and then hopefully just do like a free subscription or something. But I just, you know, I know this is, it's 2021 and this is kind of the name of the game is get your streaming service promoted. But you know, I I hate that I would have to pay for another streaming service for 
just one show. So, but um, you know, I'll I'll give you my review uh, when I watch the next one next week. But uh, I, I, overall, if you if you're a Star Trek fan, you want to learn more about the history of the franchise. And I even think if you're not a Star Trek fan, it's it's a really interesting. Uh, the first episode was uh, delved a lot deeper into you know Lucille Ball and 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 her career as well um and and everything i think it'd be a good good uh good show for for people to get into and watch so uh let's talk a little bit about wrestling not much movement um we're hurtling towards uh the survivor series um i i have no idea what the card is for survivor series i don't have they even announced any matches yet uh for the survivor series i'm not sure um but you know, and I'll be honest with you, I've not watched a lot of Raw or SmackDown probably the last three, four weeks. Uh, you know, variety of reasons. I've been doing other things. You know, this last Monday night, the Chiefs were on, and which, by the way, you know, talk about depressing. They had to struggle to beat the Giants, and and they, I think they're still going to lose to the Packers tomorrow, even though Aaron Rodgers is out um, with the COVID stuff. Um, because the Chiefs have their defense is awful. They they are twenty fifteen level, uh, tech defense awful. So, um, but uh, I just have uh, getting back to wrestling a little bit. I have not watched a whole lot. There just hasn't been anything really compelling um going on. T- to be honest with you, you know Roman Reigns is the champion. There's really nobody threatening his reign as champion. Um, you know I'm I'm glad that Big E is the WWE champion. And, you know, he's going to face Seth Rollins. Does Seth Rollins really deserve another shot at the title or another run at the title? Not really. I don't think so. So it's just there's it just hasn't felt compelling uh, to to me to watch. Um, so one one last thing, and I forgot to mention this about the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys are wearing uh, red, white, and blue stripes on their helmets tomorrow that's going to be fun to see on tv uh dates back to the 1970s so they haven't worn these since the days of landry and uh stallback so it'll be fun fun to see that they uh play the broncos tomorrow and they haven't beaten the broncos since the 90s and certainly they should beat them uh but we'll see we'll see what happens so um we're gonna take a break right now and then we are gonna come back and i will give you the chris carpenter tip of the week and welcome back to the Chris Carpenter Show. It's now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is going to be talking about Veterans Day. Um, Veterans Day is coming up on Thursday. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to take some time this week. If you have veterans in your family, you know, make sure and thank them. If you... Uh, have neighbors that are veterans or if you come you know if you see someone at a store somewhere in uniform you know take the time to thank them and if your your community has some sort of veterans day celebration um i would encourage everybody to to go there and and just uh take some time to thank thank a veteran because you know without those that that fought in the military you know, we would have, and, and I know it's cliche, but we wouldn't have our freedoms that we have. And so a lot of people have sacrificed so much, uh, you know, certainly not being away from their families and other things. 
And I think, you know, we always need to take some time and Veterans Day affords us that opportunity to to thank them. Um, I'm really excited. You know, the school I teach at, um, the district I teach at, we have a Veterans Day assembly every year. Uh, we didn't. We unfortunately didn't have one last year because of you know the COVID stuff. But um, you know, every year, uh, other than you know when we have you know COVID, which hopefully you know that now doesn't affect the Veterans Day assembly ever again. Um, we have this really fantastic Veterans Day assembly that's put on by by the eighth graders. Um, and, you know, we have the choir that sings, they sing patriotic songs. Um, you know, we invite veterans in our community to attend. Um, the band plays the different um, songs from each branch of the military. And uh, we get to individually honor those those veterans and then remember the veterans that have uh, passed on as well. Uh, but it's just I, I, I love that we do that and you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's very important for us to do that. So, you know, take some time this week and thank a veteran, you know, even something as simple as, um, I know there's a organization called, you know, wreaths across America that put, that puts wreaths on veterans graves. And, you know, we've got Christmas season coming up. Um, it's a very, that's an easy organization to donate to. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, uh, one gesture that you can do, or, you know, Put out your American flag in front of your house. Um, you know, there are most communities have organizations that do that for, you know, your patriotic holidays. I know the community I live in does. And, um, you know, I'm, hope, I'm excited that hopefully the flag will be out. I think that was another issue with last year. It was really windy that day and they couldn't put out the flags. But, um, you know, it'd be nice to see the American flag out and, and take that time to um, honor uh, those that have served. But, uh, you know, that's my tip of the week this week. I hope everybody has a great week. And I will see you next week on The Chris Carpenter Show.